Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson. And I'm Jordan Rubin. This is your SCOTUS sneak peek episode for the week of October 7th, which is the first argument week of the Supreme Court's 2019 term. So we've got just two argument days this week, uh, Monday and Tuesday, but the first day includes a rare afternoon argument. Uh, Before we get to that, Jordan, tell me what's going on in the court's very first case of the term, Collar versus Kansas. We're starting off with a very interesting argument. The question is whether a state here, Kansas, can abolish the insanity defense. And there's a lot of reasons it's an interesting case, but one of them is there's not necessarily a lot of precedent to go on. And so we're really going to be looking to see which way the justices are going at the argument. This was a case stemming from a quadruple homicide in Kansas and the defendant James Collar. He wanted to present an insanity defense, but that was not possible under Kansas law the way it's constructed. Now there's arguments over what exactly an insanity defense is, and Kansas said he really is allowed to present certain types of evidence. But the question in this first argument is going to be whether a state can abolish the insanity defense. And so that's going to be a good one to kick us off. And are there a lot of states that have abolished the insanity defense? There aren't. And so it's not necessarily going to have a huge nationwide impact as far as the insanity defense. However, depending on how the justices rule in the case and what they say about what states are allowed to do with their criminal justice systems, potentially there, there's a room for a big impact. But it depends how narrowly or broadly the court rules. Great. Well, then the second case that the court is going to hear uh, that day is a patent case. It's called Peter versus Nantquest. And it deals with a a statute that requires that the party challenging the Patent and Trademarks Office determination not to issue a patent must pay for all of the expenses of the proceeding, uh, which the PTO has interpreted to include personnel and uh, attorneys fees. So here, Nanquest was denied a patent. And there's really two ways that they can challenge uh, that determination. Uh, One is in the federal circuit, which is kind of an expedited process, but they're limited to the evidence that the PTO considered to that administrative record. Nanquest decided to go the second route, which was to go to the Eastern District of Virginia, where they were able to introduce new evidence, uh, but they ended up losing. But regardless of whether they had lost or had they won, they would still be on the hook for about $112,000 in fees that the PTO uh, charged it, including about $80,000 for personnel costs. Hmm. And so the question for the justices is whether or not, you know, the statute can really require this in light of the American rule that litigants pay their own attorney's fees and they aren't penalized to have to pay for the other sides. All right. Well, that's a patent case. And so after we wake up for the third argument of the day in the afternoon, this is another really good criminal case, Ramos against Louisiana. And the question is whether juries need to be unanimous in convictions in all trials across the country in state court as well as federal court. So if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, 
what are you talking about? Juries have to be unanimous, but that's actually not necessarily true in every state system. So the Sixth Amendment, which is in the federal constitution, it says that juries need to be unanimous. Well, that's at least what the Supreme Court has ruled. But there's a question of whether that interpretation applies not just in federal court, but also in state court. Currently, non-unanimous convictions are only possible in Oregon and in certain cases in Louisiana. So again, we're talking about sort of idiosyncratic state system that only applies in certain situations, but also a very interesting question. And so the legal question is whether that Sixth Amendment unanimous jury right is incorporated to the states. That's what it means where the court applies Bill of Rights protections to the states. And there aren't very many left that haven't been incorporated. Last term we saw in the Tim's case, they incorporated the Eighth Amendment's excessive fines ban to the states. And Evangelisto Ramos, that's the defendant in this case, hopes that the Sixth Amendment unanimous jury right is incorporated too. Well, that takes us through Monday. Uh, And then on Tuesday, the last day that the court will hear arguments this week, it will be Title VII Day. And these are really a trio of cases asking if federal protections against sex discrimination include protections for LGBTQ workers. So the first two cases are consolidated. The court will consider them together, and they ask whether or not gay and lesbian workers are protected under uh, this prohibition against sex discrimination. And the second case deals with uh, transgender workers. And so um, they're two very similar cases, but they do slightly differ a little bit. Um, There's a possibility that the court could come out a little bit differently in these cases. But of course, we'll have to see what kind of questions the justices ask. Um, Should be a good one. Yeah. And also, that's uh, one of the cases we discussed on our term preview episode more in depth with Sarah Harrington. So listeners, if you haven't heard that one yet, be sure to check it out. And so that's it for the sneak peek for this week. Be sure to tune in next week where we have another group of cases, including one involving the D.C. sniper. So until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Adam Allington. I'm the host of a new show from Bloomberg Environment called The Business of Bees. Here's what you need to know about it. We travel around the country talking to people at every corner of the honeybee ecosystem. This is the largest managed pollination event on Earth. In fact, commercial beekeeping is more important to farming than ever before. But bees are also under threat from pesticides and invasive pests and mysterious diseases. It's sort of like Christmas when you go to the hive in December and you open the lid. You just hope somebody's home. If you're interested in bees too, I think you might like the show. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts. 